Hello to all of you out there in Orchard Land, and welcome to the official first episode of the UMass IPM Fruit Loop, the podcast component of Extension Fruit Team's weekly newsletter, Healthy Fruit. I'm your announcer, Hawkeye, reading off the week's updates, which have been contributed by myself, John Clements, who also happens to be the editor-in-chief on this particular publication, and Dr. Jaime Pinero. We're just gonna jump right into things, kicking it off with current degree day accumulations. It's pretty chilly out there, but we're warming up. As of April 4th at the UMass Cold Spring Orchard in Belchertown, Massachusetts, we have accumulated 131 degree days. That's base 43 BE. We've accumulated 40 degree days, base 50 BE. Now those accumulations are beginning January 1st, so keep that all in mind when you're looking at your degree day accumulations for various pest indicators. Our current bud stages as of April 4th, Belchertown, Massachusetts, UMass Cold Spring Orchard, Macintosh Apple is at late silver tip, Honeycrisp Apple is at silver tip, Gala Apple, early green tip, Crispy Pear, at Swollen Bud and Red Haven Peach at Bud Swell. Of course, you know, this uh, recording is April 7th, so things have moved on a little bit since this healthy fruit went out. We do have some upcoming meetings. John Clements is running a Lunch Bunch Zoom every Tuesday at noon. So come and join us, and we'll be talking about what we're seeing in the field and taking your questions. This is a very informal, no recording, so you can kind of come as you are and say what you want, you know within reason. Uh, Tuesday, April 19th, the first in-person Twilight meeting will be happening at the UMass Cold Spring Orchard. That's 391 Sabin Street, Belchertown. We'll have uh, more information coming up. Of course, no healthy fruit or UMass Fruit Loop would be complete without hearing the way John sees things. So let's hear how John sees it. Well, John says this may be your last healthy fruit electronic subscription unless you go to the UMass Extension Bookstore and re-up your subscriptions for 2022. That's $65 to have healthy fruit delivered to your email inbox every week throughout the growing season. You can also send John a check made out to the University of Massachusetts for $65. If you're gonna send in a check, go ahead and address it to John Clements, 393 Sabin Street, Belchertown, Massachusetts, 01007. Do make sure that you include your email address written legibly so that we can get you on that list. And if you've already subscribed for the year, thanks. What has too many legs, flies, and leaves a hot mess on your pear? It's your least favorite pear insect and mine, Pearsilla, which has been active, if somewhat slow moving, since about March 17th out in our neck of the woods. With temperatures creeping up, egg laying has begun in some locations. The first eggs that I have observed were at UMass Cold Spring Orchard on March 31st. Scouting and a hand lens is recommended to determine if Scylla are active. And honestly, using a hand lens is the only way you're going to be able to see those eggs. You can barely see a very tiny white dot on the bud scales or bud scars, but being able to differentiate a white dot from an egg 
does require magnification. Even at 12 and a half X, it's pretty hard to tell if you're looking at a parasilla egg or if you're looking at some debris from the orchard. When scouting for eggs, examine new shoots, focusing around the base of bud scales and bud scale scars. This will help you focus your efforts. A degree day model has been developed by Washington State University to help pinpoint psylla development and subsequent treatment. Accumulations begin January 1st and use a base of 41 Fahrenheit. Given this information and using NUA's degree day calculator, we see that Belchertown has accumulated 103 Paracilla degree days, PDD, which means it's time to get out and make an oil application if you have not already. Now, that having been said, remember, we're recording this podcast a couple of days after Healthy Fruit came out, so you should really check your pears especially in places where you have had high populations in the past to see where you're at and determine whether or not oil will be a sufficient application or if you might need to include an oviside like a steam. One thing to keep in mind with a steam this year, we have a new material labeled in palm fruit, which is Senstar, and Senstar uses a premix of materials, one of which is the same active ingredient in a steam. So when you're building your rotation program, make sure that you are not rotating those two materials because you will bump into issues potentially with resistance. Speaking of oil, Jaime poses the question, when should dormant oil sprays be applied to apple trees? Dormant oils kill pests by suffocating them. When applied properly, the thin film of oil plugs the spiracles which are small openings alongside the thorax and abdomen on the insect through which it breathes. Proper timing is critical when using dormant oil sprays. At this point, it is getting a little late to apply a dormant oil. Dormant oils should be applied before the plants show signs of breaking dormancy, before bud break. Keep in mind that dormant oils applied in February or early March are not effective as insects are not actively respiring at this time and therefore are not vulnerable to the oil's suffocating effects. Dormant oil sprays should be applied as close to bud break as possible when temperatures are above freezing. Over 40 degrees Fahrenheit is ideal, but also below 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Tarnish plant bug, perhaps not an insect that has been on your radar in recent years, and for the past three years has been well controlled in most apple orchards. Ground cover management is critical to tarnished plant bug IPM. Avoid mowing or using herbicide between pink and petal fall because the disturbance of these alternate hosts in the ground cover may cause tarnished plant bug to move into apple trees. One thing to keep in mind is mowing down weeds in the fall in order to eliminate that host site before going into the overwintering time, which will of course then set you up for the spring to not have them overwintering in the orchard as much. Adults can be monitored using a visual white sticky trap set out at silver tip. The action threshold during tight cluster for apples ranges from a cumulative average of three tarnished plant bug per trap to five per trap depending on quality standards. Action threshold during late pink ranges from a cumulative average of five per trap to eight per trap. You can also examine 10 terminals per block for bleeding buds. Action threshold is two to three sap bleeding sites per 10 terminals sampled. Turnish plant bug 
activity is highly dependent on temperature so that two or three days of warm, anywhere from 50 to 60 degrees, sunny weather triggers increased foraging and feeding behavior. Senstar, that insecticide I mentioned earlier, is now labeled for poem and stone fruit and is from Valent, USA. This material has two active ingredients, spiritetramat and pyroproxifen, with two effective modes of action. Key pests include aphids, woolly apple aphid included, mealybugs, and parasilla. Senstar insecticide is a product that delivers translaminar movement within the foliage tissue in true systemic activities. So this, this is movement in the xylem and the phloem. Spirotetramat also has unique translocation properties. After foliar uptake, the insecticidal activity is translocated within the entire vascular system. In other words, it moves upwards and downwards through its translocation in the xylem and phloem, respectively. Such properties even allow the control of hidden pests, such as root aphids, and the protection of new shoots or leaves appearing after foliar application. The translaminar activity can help to reach target pests that feed on the underside of leaves. The systemic activity of Senstar insecticide will enable it to achieve control of pests moving into new vegetative growth that was not present at the time of application. Senstar must be mixed with a non-ionic surfactant that possesses spreading and penetrating properties to improve the delivery of the product onto the surface of the foliage and into the vascular system of the target crop or plant. The application limit for pome fruit is 12 to 18 ounces, which is two applications per year. So keep that in mind when, again, when you're building that rotational schedule. A couple other points to keep in mind with Senstar. Ample leaf tissue must be present for uptake and translocation of this product. Due to this requirement, do not apply prior to petal fall on pome and stone fruit. This, of course, is on the label. A couple other things. Spirotetramat is the same active ingredient present in Movento. Movento's label restrictions include do not apply more than three applications per crop with a minimum of 14 days between applications. Paraproxifen is the same active ingredient present in Esteem 35WP. The label restrictions on Esteem include no more than two applications per growing season. All right, enough of creepy crawly things. Let's move on to apple scab. Yeah, it's that time of year. Lab counts reveal 12 ascospores in the funnel trap and zero in the petri plate assay. The difference here is between active or forced ejection with the funnel trap and passive ejection with the petri plate assay. So while the funnel trap indicates that there are spores mature, the petri plate assay results suggest that the number of spores mature and ready to eject are so low as to be undetectable, at least by my eye. So what we have here is the old target and ammunition analogy. The target, in other words, susceptible green tissue, is very small to non-existent at this time. And the amount of ammunition, that is your spore density, is so low that you can't even chamber around, let alone hit the target. Remember, if you're using NUA, the system will auto-populate your green tip, which is, of course, the biofix date that this whole model is built off. So when you go in to use NUA to estimate your potential scab infection, you need to make sure that you reset that date. Once you reset that date, the system will auto-cache it and keep it there for you so you don't have to worry about it again. Your apple scab bottom line, 
make pass through those scabby blocks with a flail mower or some such implement of destruction in order to be able to chop up those infected leaves and reduce your inoculum. Two, make sure your sprayers are calibrated. Three, as of healthy fruit printing, no fungicides were required. Copper should be on deck, ready to go. And again, if you're using NUA, make sure that you enter the proper green tip date when it occurs in your location. Now, in NUA, green tip is defined as 50% green tip in Macintosh. Speaking of green tip, what is going on with horticulture? John's going to tell us. And hey, look at that. He tells us the definition of what green tip is. Turns out it's 50% of Macintosh. When 50% of Macintosh begins to show green tissue, you are at green tip. John says not Zestar, not Crips Pink, not Liberty, and not Redfield, which, I mean, technically doesn't even have green tip, so that's not even on the table. Also, not Ruby Mac, not Gala. It's important to use Macintosh green tip date, as that is what the various NUA tools, like Apple Scab and the carbohydrate thinning model, use as their biofix. Once you reach 50% Macintosh green tip, don't forget to enter that date into the NUA tool. And again, as we saw earlier, Macintosh is still, or at least as of April 4th, was still at silver tip. Although if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say we're pushing green tip at this point. And again, it's now April 7th. One final thing for this week's healthy fruit, NUA 3.0 has officially launched, and you'll notice, if you have not already, that the user interface has changed substantially. John says it's important now that you sign in and choose your favorite station or stations and your crop and IPM tools for more efficient use of the system. So take five minutes, go ahead and look at the uh, what you need to know link that NUA has listed on its site and uh, get familiar with that new interface. The next Healthy Fruit will be published on or about April 12th. And I'm telling you, it'll be April 12th because John is being very particular about our deadline this year and I can't say as I blame him. At any rate, April 12th. And in the meantime, Feel free to contact anyone at the UMass fruit team if you have any fruit-related production questions. Until then, be safe, be well. Oh, and hey, happy spring!